Hello and welcome to episode six of Climate Change Unfolding. This week's episode was supposed to be about single-use plastic, how I worked with my staff to cut out single-use plastic from operations, and I got up Monday morning, got a few things set for the week for Kaya the Nile work-wise. I was just about to launch into recording the plastic-free episode and someone tagged me in a tweet mentioning the Green Tourism Summit of Africa. Now I work in tourism, I'm passionate about sustainability and I'm eager to learn, so naturally my interest was piqued and I looked at the program, got excited, it looked like there was a load of great speakers and some really interesting topics for me and then I realised that the summit, which was hosted in the neighbouring country Kenya, started in 20 hours time. I had a busy day with a stacked to-do list ahead of me and it's amazing how quickly you can clear it when there's something you want to do. It shows how important most of these things are, I guess. Anyways, it was too good a fit for me with where I am at the moment and what I'm trying to do. So a few hours later, I was in a car on my way to Nyeri, Kenya. I ended up spending five hours doing nonsense admin at the border and the drive took me a lot longer than it thought. So I actually drove all the way through the night and arrived in Nyeri at 7.30am, ready to start the conference at 8. <laughs> a little bit sleep deprived, but enthusiastic, ready to go. It's day three of the conference now and I've learned so much, made a bunch of new friends, got some great business ideas and opportunities and really refined my understanding of certain sustainability topics and a lot of interesting takeaways. So uh, I've really benefited from all the collective wisdom of all sorts of inspirational people that are here, decades and decades of experience, different backgrounds, all talking about topics that relate to sustainability in some way or another. So I'm bursting with ideas now, I've got lots of things I'm motivated to do which I'm going to talk about in, in future episodes. But for now, there was just so much good stuff going on around this conference. It's rude not to share with you all. And it would be much better to hear the messages from the people themselves rather than me massacring their words and you guys just listening to me, secondhand information. So I pinned down a few of the guys, the main speakers and the organizer, and got a few little gems from each of their talks. So I'm going to give you a brief bio on who you're going to be listening to. Then I'm going to give you a few minutes of them riffing on some sort of subject to do with sustainability. I'm going to get a little snippet of wisdom from each of these amazing people. I should say that I, you know, I didn't get to speak to everyone I wanted to. There's loads of people that were doing really awesome things. So if you're at the conference and I didn't get to speak to you, it's not because I didn't want to. It was a busy time and I just managed to pin down a few people just to give a little snippet. If it sounds good, get in touch with any of these guys. And if you want the full-blown thing, come along to the next one. This is Climate Change Unfolding, recording from the Green Tourism Summit, Africa. We'll start with the one and only Judy Kefagona, who's the brains and the vision behind the whole conference. It's her who's dreamt this thing up. An amazing speaker. She led a lot of the discussions. She's the founder of Sustainable Travel and Tourism Agenda. Judy is a sustainable tourism advocate, planner, advisor, assessor, and trainer with 20 years of experience working in the tourism sector with communities and with conservation. Judy serves various advisory boards, including the International Ecotourism Society, Global Sustainable Tourism Council, and Fair Trade Tourism. Judy's acknowledged as one of the world's top 50 female scholars in tourism as also a National Geographic Unique Lodges of the World on-site assessor for Eastern and Southern Africa. She's got her fingers in so many different pies. That's a bit of a lowdown, some of her accolades, but from a personal perspective, it's been really amazing in listening to her and see what she's doing now and the things she's driving forwards, bringing everyone together and pulling everyone along with her on a sustainable crusade that it feels like she's on. Let me let Judy do the talking. Here is Judy Gona. I came to a realization more than 15 years ago that there is tourism for the tourist 
there is tourism for the tour operator, and then there is tourism for the destination and the people who live there, and there is tourism for the environment. The tourist has a voice through their money. They can choose what to buy. The tour operator has a voice because they have economic power. They can influence policy the way they want to. People in destinations were recipients of tourism. They had ideas, they had thoughts, they had perspectives about tourism, but they had no voice. There was nobody equally speaking for the environment. And everybody wanted a new paradise. Find a paradise, destroy it, and move on to the new paradise. And nobody was asking questions. Or if people were asking questions, people were not bold enough to bring them to the forefront. Tourism looked at it like sustainability is something for the developmentalists. It's not something for tourism. How can a tour operator talk sustainable? A tour operator should be talking about luxury. They'll be talking about experiences. They'll be talking about new places. It was not part of their agenda at all. It's not a coincidence that uh, the name of my organization is Sustainable Travel and Tourism Agenda. I loved the word agenda because I was committed to making it everybody's agenda. I wanted the tour operators to see it as an agenda that affects their business directly. That it should become part of the director's agenda at the annual or monthly or bi-monthly director's meetings. They should be asking questions how their, how their operations are affecting people. How it's affecting the environment. Are they being ethical in the things that they do? Are they just chasing after money? And for how long will they do that? Will these destinations endure forever? I wanted it to be an agenda in the minister's agenda when he meets his employer. I wanted it to be an agenda in the classrooms, at universities, at colleges that are teaching tourism. I wanted it to be an agenda everywhere. So everybody keeps asking me, this name is strange. Why did you call this organization Sustainable Travel and Tourism Agenda? And that's the answer. I wanted it to be everybody's agenda. So even as I launched the Green Tourism Summit um, Africa four years ago, I was just promoting that same agenda. I was looking for another platform for that agenda of sustainable tourism. So yes, the Green Tourism Summit Africa is just one of those meetings where the agenda of sustainability is given prominence. And we want to be as free and open as possible to say the good, the bad, and the ugly. So that when delegates leave that uh, conference, they have cleared their minds. If they had doubts, if they had questions, whether it's about their operations or somebody else, or it's about their philosophies, or it's about their strategies and what they're doing, they go out with a lot of questions, the same way they have a lot of answers. And the questions are for their own businesses, their own organizations, you leave the Green Tourism Summit in a reflective mood. Unless you came not knowing what you wanted. But even if you came not knowing what you wanted, you will be impacted. It's a place where people of passion come and share their good stories. It's a place where we, we share um, new trends and what is happening uh, in tourism. But it's a place where we lay bare our weaknesses so that together, we can look at how we can make tourism better. You can find Judy at Gona Judy on Twitter. She's got a very active profile on LinkedIn, all through her company's website, sttakenya.org. And I'll leave links to all of the different speakers, their websites, their work on climate change unfolding slash episode six.
Next up is Barry Clemens. With over 25 years of international hospitality experience, he's been in various leadership positions and he's adjudicated the South African Tourism Awards for the last four consecutive years. And he's currently CEO of EQ Hotel Management and Business Solutions. And those guys advise the governments of Lesotho and Benin on all sorts of issues associated with hospitality and sustainability. And he delivers consultancy insight, not just for governments, but also for private sector. So if you're a hospitality owner and you want to get some bit of outside input on how to make your business a bit more sustainable or a bit more profitable, which, which is always a good thing, <laughs> get in touch with Barry. Yeah, great, Sam. Thanks for uh, giving me the opportunity to, to have a little bit of a talk about what's happening in the sphere of sustainable tourism and maybe a better word is responsible tourism. There's many things that are happening and I've been attending and speaking at quite a couple of conferences regarding the subject lately. My angle is normally related to how does technology play a role in this. But I think the most important thing for me with all of this is that we are talking about it and great ideas, there's a lot of information, there's a lot of stats, but these things are not broken down into actionable items. How do we actually implement all these fantastic ideas and then how do we make it real? And how does a hotel or a tour operator or in the greater picture, from a tourism perspective, we implement actions that actually have the impact that we want to achieve? I think that's one of the biggest challenges that, that we have. We talk, we talk, we talk, but we don't action. So I think what we really need to do is use the words of the great Madiba. For those who don't know Nelson Mandela, he always used to say, it's only impossible until it's done. I think it's time to get things done and start actioning and limit the talking about what we're doing. You can reach out to Barry if you want to hear more from Barry by email on barry at eq-bizz.co.za or through his website, which I'll also leave in the, in the show note links. Harriet Ingabire is the general manager and the partner of Red Rocks Intercultural Exchange Center and Red Rocks Initiative, which is a set of social enterprises in Rwanda. She's also the founder of Acts of Hope Foundation that focuses on helping single mothers, widows, women with chronic diseases and orphans through different cultural tours and initiatives. It's such important work. She's got a great level of passion, really fun to listen to and chat to about this. She really believes in what she's doing and rightly so. Because of the amazing work that she's done with women in the communities in Rwanda, she's been given a great traditional honor of naming a baby gorilla. So there's a huge gorilla naming ceremony every year. She's in good company there with Bill Gates and Warren Buffett also getting to name a gorilla at the same time amongst a very select list of other people. She speaks very articulately and passionately about women's role in sustainability and here's her talking on just that. Uh, women in sustainability are important because one, they're the they're the key to everything, to life, to development, and the fact that most of them are take a lot of responsibilities. I'll take an example of Africa because that's where I'm working now. Most of everything, like in the household, is on the woman. So everything they do, they have to sustain themselves because it's not just about them, but it's about their families, their children, their brothers. So it's always good to target them because when you target them, you target the mass. 
you don't just target the woman that actually you're working with is going to be sustainable, but you target everyone around her, the fam the neighbors, the families. So that way it's it's easier. So when you when you're able to help one woman learn about sustainability, you help actually like a whole community. So that's why I believe women are the most important people to target if we are looking at sustainability for the whole world. Uh, with the women, there's different initiatives a person could do with them. But first, you we have to find out what can they do. You do, we don't just come with a dream and you tell them to do it because in the end that can be sustainable. They will do it because someone has come, a donor, or a teacher, or somebody, doesn't matter what the person is, but they'll do it when you are there. So when you leave, it may go with you. So it's usually good to find out what can they do. Uh, most of them, like, uh, like again, the example of women in Africa don't have education. All these vulnerable women don't have education. Most of them, what they do is like agriculture. So like agriculture is one of the most important things that anyone or whether it's knowledge sharing with them knowledge, teaching them new methods of farming, whether it's buying them land to farm, but in a way that it's sustainable for them, they will do it with a passion because that's who they are. This is what they've been doing from childhood. So it's not that you're teaching them something, but you're supporting them know better something that they already know. So agriculture is one of the things. Um, culture things, for example, like Randa basket weaving, is very important. Every woman had to know how to make baskets. If you didn't know, you wouldn't get a husband. So I wouldn't have gotten a husband. But I'm learning, so I guess I'll get one soon. <laughs> uh, but like that, so they know, they usually after the farm, it's like therapy for them. So when they are tired from the farm, they come and make food and eat. But then after they're seated, relaxing, seated with their daughters, passing on knowledge that they know to their children, but while weaving, so they're able to do different things at the same time that can actually sustain them. So they're not only depending on one thing. I believe there's so much that each one of us, each one of us doesn't matter where you're from, what background you have, what you studied, where they studied. I believe there's so much we can share with them or with each other that can actually sustain these women and these women help sustain the other communities. Because right now we're talking about the extreme poorest people and how can we stop this extreme poverty? and to me, I think through women, we can be able to stop it. But I think it needs partnerships. It needs different things that we all can bring on the table. I may believe that agriculture is a thing. Tourism is a thing. But somebody else may come in and will find something that I, I personally didn't see. And that way we can actually make a real sustainable development in um, all these women's lives. Thank you. If you want to hear more from Harriet or see what she's doing, which is amazing, by the way, all the different foundations and organizations and the things that she's doing for the women over there in Rwanda, check out Harriet on Twitter, at handsofhope14, or check out the initiatives on the website, which is redrocksrwanda.com. They also have a bunch of different social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and I'm going to leave links to all of that on the uh, website as well. Carmen Nibigira. I hope I didn't massacre your name, Carmen. I'm sorry. <laughs> Carmen, great fun to hang out with during the conference. She's originally from Burundi, but she's working in Rwanda now, running a bunch of programs. She's got over 17 years of experience in the hotel and tourism industry, both in Africa and in Europe. Former regional coordinator for East Africa Tourism. 
and Director General of Burundi National Tourism Office, which is no small thing in itself. Carmen's a seasoned tourism policy strategist. She's got all sorts of stuff behind her. She's run tour companies in Burundi, Rwanda, Kenya, Uganda, and managed an international hotel in, in Tanzania. Carmen advises governments and non-governmental organizations on tourism planning, strategy, business competitiveness, and sustainability. Last year, she was voted one of the top 100 women in travel in Africa, which bear in mind that travel in Africa is one of the biggest industries for employing people. That's no small feat. I could go on, but you get the general gist. She's done a lot of things. She knows what she's talking about. She's got a really broad experience. And here is Carmen talking about sustainability. This is 2018. The time it's ticking. So each of us, whether you are a policymaker, a practitioner, or you are a business owner, or you are an entrepreneur, pick one action and then really, really go for it. Some people still think, oh, it's sustainable goals, development goals. They define it in many ways. But what needs to be done now, we need to measure what we are doing and then set a baseline. As a company in 2018, I set an objective by 2020 to reduce my carbon footprint, I'm trying to outsource whatever you are doing in the business locally. I am trying to empower the community I'm working with. If you're a policymaker, make a stand. Stand for something and then change the way things are done. I think that's what I would like maybe to take away from this conference and also help myself. I have to take action as a citizen, as a business owner or community uh, People, I am a person of this planet. So each of us has to take action. We can't just leave it to others to take responsibilities and say it's for the policymakers, it's for the politicians, it's for other businesses. It comes to us as individuals. We have to take action. It starts at the household level. It's how we educate our children. It's what we feed them in terms of information. It's also what we filter. Because sometimes I think we leave too much power in the hands of media. We leave too much hands into what I would call maybe a not guided source of information. If we really need to be deliberate into what we do in terms of sustainability, we need to really take responsibility. Our children, they need to understand from early age what is at stake and measure it in very simple terms terms they understand. We cannot continue telling them GDP is carbon footprint. That's too much. That's too much for a five-year-old boy or 11 or 15 teenage boy. We need to tell them, you know, this is put water in a bucket and tell them if each person on this planet was misusing the resources we have, what will happen in 20 years? What will happen in 30 years? What will happen in 50 years? It's just by simple examples. I think it has to be vivid, it has to be visual, and it has to be a very simple message people can digest and take as an information they can translate into their daily lives in their own community, and then they can see the impact if a change is made accordingly. If you want to read or hear more from Carmen, you can connect with her on Twitter, at Carmen Nibigira. C-A-R-M-E-N-N-I-B-I-G-I-R-A or Haworth HTL website, which is her organization. Next up, Alan Dixon. 
Alan's run a travel agency in Kenya since 1979. He's one of the leaders of the way is sustainable travel and sustainable tourism in Kenya. He's also an absolute character and great humor to have along on the event. He really brought a lot to the table to the event, took people on tours before and afterwards and was full of enthusiasm. He got up at five one morning to take a bunch of the delegates out to a nearby national park. He's got one of the most comprehensive corporate social responsibility documents on his website for 2017. If you want to check out what really leading the way is all about for in sustainability, go to his website, which I'll link in the show notes. Great stuff that he's doing. He's helping with education. He's he's helping reduce carbon emissions. He's, uh, he's planted, what was it, maybe 9,000 trees, he mentioned. All sorts of good stuff going on. One of the things Alan's really big on to make a sustainable business work is to engage his staff. And I was really interested in this because that's the process that I'm about to embark on. So I benefited here from his decades of experience and I got him now with a bit of a selfish interest. I wanted to hear what he had to say about engaging his staff on sustainability. So without further ado, Alan Dixon on getting his staff involved in sustainability and climate change. January this year, I took five of our frontline tourist staff to the Maasai Mara. Over four days, we drove around the Mara looking at 27 different lodge and hotels. And each one we went in and did a, a very informal, quick sustainability report from our own side. We were seeing certain places which had fantastic solar panel setups. Mara Kapinski has half an acre of panels producing 0.8 of megawatt of power, which they use in their lodge. We were looking at water utilisation. I mean, some of the Perini camps are measuring the amount of water a tourist uses per day in their camp, and they're trying to say we're going to restrict them to 20 litres per person per day. Um, we also looked at the way they are cooking and their waste management, how they move their waste in and out and dispose of it and all that as well. So it was very interesting. And that is done, firstly, so the staff see a place firsthand, which really helps, because to look at it on a website or read about it is much more difficult. But seeing where it's located and understand where it is, and to get a better feel of all the good things they're doing, helps so much. And we've seen it since then, just talking amongst ourselves in the office and telling uh, clientele, go there because of that. That's where we start seeing real benefits, because we're giving them expert first-hand advice. I think for staff, it's really empowered them to feel that they can talk firsthand about sustainability, involve them. So that's why we have this internal education. Get in touch with Alan Dixon if you check out his website, which is uniglobeletsgotravel.com. Let's go Safari on Twitter. And he's also on Instagram and Facebook as well. So I'll, I'll leave all the links to all those different platforms in the show notes. Also, Check out his sustainability statement. If all businesses could commit to the same extent that he does, the world would be a lot better place. Thanks, Alan. Next up is Dr. Bernard Kithera. It's so good. What we had in his conference was such a diverse range of people. There were people from all backgrounds. And Bernard is from academia and he's got all sorts of research behind him. He teaches ecotourism and sustainability at Missouri State University in the U.S. He conducts research into sustainable tourism, ecotourism, urban change, and a bunch of other things. He's lived and worked in Kenya, also in Malawi, in Kazakhstan, South Sudan, as obviously the U.S. as well, where he does a bunch of his research. 
you couple his work experience with his research and his academic experience in the US, he provides great depth of knowledge and insight on the latest research on sustainable tourism. And here he is talking about that. I teach ecotourism and basically ecotourism is travel with an interest to experience nature and also connect with the local people. Ecotourism as part of sustainable tourism, other forms of sustainable tourism we could say include heritage tourism, cultural tourism, religious tourism, agri-tourism and all that because what we're talking about here is tourism and you take the concept of sustainability and put them together, you link them, you're combining community caring for cultures and communities and society issues of society and equity, caring for the environment, that in conservation aspect of it, you want to conserve the resources that anchor tourism and you also want to make money. So if there's no profit, not just income, but some profit for the businesses to thrive, then it doesn't work. So it has to be an aspect of not just economy, but profit. If you want to find out more about Bernard's research, drop him an email. I'll leave his email in the show notes as well. We're going to circle back around to Judy Gonert. She's the driving force behind this initiative. Every time she speaks, she seems to drop more truth bombs and more wisdom. Let me give you a few more words from Judy about the conference, why she started it, and what she wants from it. I have a background in community development, and I have a passion for empowering communities. In Kenya, the space between community development, conservation, and tourism is so intertwined because a lot of our rural communities that need support for empowerment also live in rangelands that happen to be pastoral areas, and these areas also happen to be good for wildlife. So I could not detach myself from tourism. And the more I got deep into it, I got disturbed about how tourism is happening. I strongly believe that tourism can be used as a tool for doing good, for transforming communities, but it's got to be a different type of tourism. And this message is not just for the operators, it's not just for the policy makers, this message is also for the traveler. They can make a difference. They can make informed choices. They can ask when they're buying their holidays. They can filter and say what percentage of the cost of this holiday stays in this destination. They should ask the destination, tell us a little bit of the background of the areas that you operate and these areas that you're selling to us. Who lives there? How do they live? What's their environment like? What are their issues? What are their challenges? How is tourism engaging with it? How much has tourism contributed to the empowerment of the people? What good is tourism doing? Today we, are, we have 17 sustainable development goals. Nobody, no business, tourism or not tourism, whatever business, can say that they don't know how to engage and be better. Because each of those 17 development goals have indicators of what can be done. Even the weakest of organizations that does not want to do anything big can just pick one indicator. And if the millions of businesses across the world, whether it is a fishing industry, whether it's a tourism industry, whether it's a forestry, if they picked just two or one of those goals and worked on one or two indicators, we will transform our world to a better place very, very quickly. And this is what the Sustainable Green Tourism Summit Africa is all about. We are on the fourth one. I intend to leave until I see the 50th one. 
And by that time, a lot will have changed. That's really just a tiny little teaser for what these guys had for us all and many more people that I just didn't get the chance to chat to through the conference. I'd love to hear from you if you've got any thoughts or ideas or inspiration or anything else coming from this episode or from the summit. You can connect with me on Twitter at Sam James Ward or through sam at climatechangeunfolding.com. If you want to hear more in the future, click subscribe. I'd love for you to get involved in this whole journey that I'm going on. I'm really motivated, all the more so after hearing all these amazing people sharing their wisdom and showing us the way, really. So very grateful to them. Thanks to all of those people that I've interviewed and everyone else who contributed towards the conference. It's been an absolute pleasure. This is Sam Ward, Climate Change Unfolding. I'll see you next week for how to smash single-use plastic out of your businesses.